let's hit it. Ready? We're here live with Alex Blagojevich. Did I do it right? You did. Actually, you nailed it. Blagojevich. Um, she's a commercial claims adjuster with Claims Pro in Vancouver, Canada. So when you're at Service Master, you realized you wanted to do more of the claims side, went into brokerage, um, uh, and then what drew you to adjusting then, or how did you make that transition? It's funny, I, since I was at Service Master, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. I got my foot in the door in the insurance industry by doing the broker thing. And sure. I'm really glad I didn't just jump into claims. Honestly, that broker background and that yeah. client interaction and, you know, the, the focus on customer service is such a huge part of the way I handle my claims today. So, and I have I have the brokerage to thank for that. They had an amazing training uh, manual as well. So, and I still refer back to their training often. Huh. I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. But yeah, essentially what, what piqued my interest the most about adjusting is um, just seeing how they worked on the assistant side, working in restoration and, you know, seeing the scope of things that they would do, making calls that, you know, I didn't know adjusters were qualified to make. They wear so many different hats. You know, one one day they're looking at financials of a business. The next day they're looking at how to rebuild a, a home. So yeah. it's, that's what really, really piqued my interest. And so I had been searching from the minute I got my license for an adjusting position. And, and they really do. They look for that experience. And so the broker role certainly helped in that aspect. Well, um, so uh, are you aware of the insurance nerds? Um, no, but that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, so there's a network of um, so Tony um, and Carly, Tony Canas and um, Carly Burnham. They wrote a book a couple years ago called um, "Engaging Millennials." I think uh, I have that right. Wrong, 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 hey, this is a wrong, the book is called Insuring Tomorrow, Engaging Millennials in the Insurance Industry. Apologies, Tony and Carly. And um, I thought maybe I had it here, but uh, but it's about, you know, helping young people through the process of growing their careers through insurance and seeing the value in that. And so so that was um, we've had them. We've worked with them quite a few times and I've written some articles for them, but they uh, are are. The Diojo Podcast 38 was Chris Stanley, and he helps independent adjusters get to work within 90 days. Um, oh, cool. So is that in Canada, do you have to, did the brokerage help you get your license, or do you have to do that on your own, or how does that work? Yeah, nine times out of 10, um, depending on, you know, the brokerage or the company that you're going with. I know that direct writers, um, so insurers that don't use independent brokers, yeah. they will license you they will set up your license they'll communicate with the board and, and they'll do everything for you um certain brokerages will submit the application on your behalf onward um so it's kind of case to case but for the most part yes um the companies will will pay for the licensing they'll pay for the exam they'll, they'll do all that it's great yeah and you mentioned the the customer service uh training from the uh, the brokerage company. Do you remember some of those? What are some of those? 
I guess maybe a lot of people don't realize, I think insurance um, and then also property restoration is, is a lot of it's customer service driven. So on our side of the business, uh, this is one of my bones of contention. We always hire, you have the project manager estimator that writes the estimate. And then usually they're handing it off to a superintendent. Sometimes that's also called a project manager. Um, and in a lot of companies that we work with, they always hire like retired construction people that have a lot of knowledge in construction, but maybe don't have the best bedside manner, you know, and like, we'll get into arguments with customers over, you know, specifics of size of trim or something like that, rather than seeing it as a customer service um, heavy position. And so, and you can learn kind of like your experience, you can learn the technical aspects. It's actually probably the easier part of the job to train, but that customer service aspect is hard for some people to get. And it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, right, that the customer's always right and you just give in to everything they want. Okay, you're right, you're exactly. right. So what, maybe for people trying to get into the industry and understanding customer service, what do you think is one thing you learn that people maybe should stop doing? That's a bad example. And one thing they sh that really has helped you propel that, something they should start doing as far as teaching people how customer service is critical. Yeah, I think, I think people in our industry often forget that the claim is the one time an insured has a chance to see how their policy works. In some of these people, will be insured with one place for 40 years and yeah. never make a claim and you know they they don't really know the claims process and yeah. us the industry we deal with it every day yeah. so we forget we always forget you know people are going to have a ton of questions yeah. be patient you have to start from the beginning i mean nobody knows what an emergency phase is yeah. what a repair phase is what that entails what the next steps are and so i think right on the outset the, to add that added level of service to any customer, you just got to lay it all out. Lay it all out in writing if you have to. And just yeah. refer back to that initial, you know, timeline. You, you want to give a broad timeline. You want to set the expectations right off the bat so that there are no surprises. And when a dispute comes about, you're, you're well equipped. You go back to, you know, where did we go wrong in this process? And then you can better explain it to clients as well. Yeah. 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 That, that setting the expectation, you know, a lot of uh, contractors specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get it done in two weeks, you know, and it's clearly, you know, a nine month project or exactly like right, right now uh, cabinets or flooring is a big one like you might be six to eight weeks out uh regardless in yeah. addition to other supply chain um issues and you know some people saying this is the arrival time and then that being put off um yeah because there's interruptions all the way through so um i think that is key setting the right expectation like you said documenting always follow up a conversation with an email exactly <laughs> so oh both, yes all parties have it in writing so um i know everyone's already bought a copy of uh book number one be intentional estimating uh just flying off the shelves you know amazon's running out they're having to they bought a whole nother printing press just for this book and now we're about to drop book number two on them so Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. Um, I was trying to think how we could get all the authors together without the expense of mailing it to everyone, because um, it is a, a dearth 
of experience across the nation, um, but getting everybody to sign them. So, uh, but if you want, I know I can get them sent to me, get signed copies. So if you want a pre-order custom signed copy of book number two, you can order them in tandem, book two and one, one and two. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. Be Intentional Culture that should be coming out in January. That will be coming out in January. Uh, but uh, thank you for listening to the Diojo Podcast 2021. We're probably going to be doing a lot more lives, so would love to have engagement from the audience. Still figuring out the technology stuff, so we will see you soon. Have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of the things. Tell me what you want, little boy. Oh. Well, I don't know. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. What did you think was going to happen? Um, and if you celebrate something else, as long as you're not hurting other people, have a fun one of those, too. Okay. <laughs> This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.